Welcome to Season 4 of the M-W Tactical Podcast. Sit back and enjoy the conversations of Rockstar Burst and myself, Michael Woodland, as we discuss the sport of shooting, goals, training, community matters, and everyday life. You are listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. What's up, good people? We're back at it again. Another installation of the M-W Tactical Podcast. And like always, you know I had to bring the lovely rock star. So I still got that song dancing in my head. But before we bring her in, I want to go ahead and let everyone know that this show is brought to you by Hunter HD Gold. So if you don't know, Hunter HD Gold sponsors me in shooting and they change so you don't have to. So if you actually see me at the range and if you want to try out a pair of Hunter HD goes, let me know. I always have a spare set on me and I will let you use them. Tell me what you think. And then I'll put you in touch with Hunter HD Gold or head on over to their website, www.hunterhdgold.com and see about getting a pair that you like. And then they also have a custom department also. So if you already have your favorite pair of frames, you can send that frame into Hunter HD Gold and they will put their lens into your favorite frame and if you have prescription glasses even better they accommodate that as well so head on over to hunterhdgold.com and let them know that i sent you and you might get a little discount and you might get something extra in the box but don't hold me to that all right so also i didn't say this for this season but we have people around the world who listens to the M-W Tactical Podcast. So if you live in the following countries, Canada, Ireland, UK, Germany, Australia, Kuwait, Puerto Rico, Sweden, Philippines, Norway, France, Bangladesh, Belgium, New Zealand, Denmark, the Ukraine, Bahrain, Finland, Singapore, Spain, Israel, Colombia, Italy, Guatemala, and Switzerland, Thank you for listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast, and hopefully myself and Rockstar can visit a country and do an episode of a podcast there. Hopefully it'll be some form of a shooting competition, but um, I'm going to bring Rockstar in so we can talk about that and see what she thinks about this. So y'all already know who she is. This is my buddy, the one who I be nagging when she be doing stuff all day and she be like, look, I got to work. Leave me alone. I'll be like, nah, I just need to talk. Come on, let's talk. <laughs> and then she'll stop talking to me for about two or three hours. Then she'll write me back. Hey, how was your day? <laughs> oh, we're going to act like nothing happened. Okay. I see how that goes. So without further ado, the co-host of the M-W Tactical Pasta podcast, rock star. Party like a rock. Party like a rock star. <laughs> What's going on with you there, Miss Rockstar? Oh, it has been a full week, let me tell you, but it has been, it's good. Um, the world hasn't ended yet, so that's always a plus. I just went out to dinner with my parents, which was actually a lot of fun, so I'm, you know, happily stuffed. <laughs> well, technically, when the podcast comes out, that will then lunch, so, but we well, know the recording is dinner time. <laughs> So, <laughs> so being stuffed is good, regardless of what time of the day you actually eat. So I agree with that one. So what else is going on for your week outside of being busy and hanging out with the parents? Oh, 
let's see. So this week has been kind of crazy because my um at my normal job, my boss actually put in her resignation. So my week kind of went from being pretty busy to insanely busy as we're sort of wrapping up her last two weeks with us and lots of projects, lots of things wrapping up. Um, it was a very unexpected move. So that's just been a lot to deal with, um, just on a professional level, which happens. And I mean, I'm super happy that she's got a, a new opportunity that she's moving on to. So it sounds really exciting for her. And I'm, you know, people move on to different things all the time. So it's just sort of expected. Um, but it, yeah, just sort of like my week sort of just did a 180 at that point. Um, on a personal level, just, um, I've been working on a couple different things, just like side projects. So I, a few weeks ago, kind of like an entrepreneurship event and talked a lot about budgeting and personal finance and that stuff that's like really near and dear to me. Um, I own rental properties. I'm a big fan of managing finances, stuff like that. So I've been putting together some course material on that that I'm hoping to launch in 2022. So I haven't had a whole lot of time to work on it because other things have taken precedence, but that's sort of where I'm at. Um, just on like and then kind of bummed my training event that I was going to attend got canceled. So mm. for you know, reasons outside of my control, which I'm bummed. I was looking forward to it, but I will still be up in the Minnesota area. So I'm hoping to connect with some folks up there and maybe do some, you know, training on the side, even though it isn't quite what I was looking for, but just linking up with some of those people that I know up in the Twin Cities and still uh, making the most out of my, my trip up there. There you go. You made a positive out of a negative. So um, even though the class got canceled overall, y'all still decided to hang out with each other and hopefully talk firearms and do a little bit of training amongst each other, sharing knowledge and spreading it amongst each other. That's how a lot of people actually get started as an instructor. Um, I know for me, my journey as an instructor was very different because of the fact uh, I was in the military, you know, and of course, as soon as you hit that NCO realm, automatically you're an instructor because you're in charge of training. So you got to know the material. But when I was reached, started reaching out on my own on the civilian sector of teaching, that's how I used to do it. I used to link up with a bunch of people who I knew, shared the knowledge, um, gave plenty of free classes um, and just to test my material to see how people absorbed it and everything and um, push forward from there and everything else after that is a building block. So um, kudos, you, you might do that and then say, hey, okay, I might wanna go ahead and push forward to the instructor realm. You never really know. Don't knock it. Don't knock it. <laughs> I have definitely taught things. I haven't done anything firearms related over the years, but I've definitely taught things. So I feel like I could, I could get into that. And I feel like it's a really important skill to know. So we'll see. I, I'm definitely not opposed to it. So I'm, I'm a firm believer in like um, firearms should have been taught, should be taught in schools. But I'm also a firm believer in that knowledge should be ongoing. It should be like a generational thing. It should, you know, refresh itself and continue to be passed down. Um, a lot of stuff that 
we take for granted today is now about to become extinct um, to the average citizen, that is, like the art of hunting, the art of survival, you know? So that was like a skill that was passed down generation to generation. But because of how life started, you know, taking over with technology, cities, you know, evolving and everything, it started taking away <laughs> from the simple things that I think if people were to do it now as a hobby, they would appreciate it more. Because, um, for instance, I'm the only one in my neighborhood that has um, a wood burning fireplace in my house. Um, every house out here that has a fireplace, it's all gas. I'm the only one with the wood burning fireplace in my house. But I'm also the first one in my neighborhood to buy my house. So, of course, I could have set those terms when I did that. And um, the only reason I did that was because when I was living with my dad, when I was a kid, Hurricane Hugo, when it came through, he was living in Charlotte at that time. And we didn't have power for about a week and a half. And my dad was legitly cooking on the grill outside. And then like when I would heat up food, I wouldn't do it on the grill. I would do it in the fireplace. You know what I'm saying? Because he showed me how to do all that stuff. So that right there was a learning lesson. So I was like, oh. I need a um, wood burning fireplace because if the power goes out, I can boil water. <laughs> I can uh, warm up my food. I can do a bunch of other stuff with it. But um, also, um, after the commercial break, I want to go ahead and talk about a few things because I'm thinking about putting together some form of an event, um, bring people together, other instructors, people who want to become instructors. And then I'm also going to put on free CWP classes in the month of November, you know, so I'll, I want to do this three classes, but I want to hit up 30 people at first, you know what I'm saying? And if that's a success and if I can pull it off the way I'm thinking, I want to pull it off. Um, I want to go ahead and push it towards like the end of next summer and then probably do like a hundred or 200 people. But I don't believe everybody who's doing the whole, oh, I trained 4,000 people this weekend, 5,000 people this weekend. I don't think that training was effective as they make it out to be. You know what I'm saying? Because more than 15 people in a classroom, do you really have control as um, an instructor? Because you know you need that balance of other people helping you you know, because too many questions with that many people is going to slow the class down for one thing. And then you don't want to give people a fire hose of information. So I'm still thinking about how I want to do this and um, how I want to turn things around. But I do know in November, I will be doing um, three um, free CWP classes. And um, I do want to push that. I do want to push that. But if I do that, you're more than welcome to come on down and um, be a part of that if you like. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Remember yeah. my birthday month, so I'll celebrate. <laughs> hey, hey, there we go. Happy birthday. <laughs> That's it right there. So um, anything else um, that you got going on? Like you're going to take a side trip when you go up there? Like, because I know like when you travel, you're quick to take a detour to go visit some more friends or do something else and then <laughs> arrive at your destination. 
<laughs> I know I, that's the the cool part about my this kind of career and my life I guess is I've made so many cool friends um just throughout the time that I've been traveling so when I now I work in a much more I guess uh stationary environment but I spent about 10 years as an event manager for several different companies um, I've really traveled around most of the U.S. as well as a few international trips and um, I have friends who were like all across the country some who are from here who have since moved to different places and then people that I've just met on the road so I do love and I love to drive I mean I I have a Jeep Wrangler. It gets terrible gas mileage, but it's super reliable. It has four wheel drive. So if I ever get stuck in the snow, I'm never worried, but I bought it um, with 12,000 miles on it. And I just got an oil change this earlier this week and it has 225,000 miles on it. So oh, wow. you, you've really been putting some driving in. On that. Work. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, what, what gas mileage you get on that? Uh, on the highway, I get right around 20. It's got big tires on it, so oh, that okay, it yeah. definitely doesn't oh, okay. help. <laughs> I got you, I got you. Well, let's go ahead and um, let's dive into this quick commercial break. And um, I'm going to try to convince you on the commercial break to get something a little bit more economy friendly <laughs> so you can express more traveling with your gas miles. But um, yeah, but everybody else, please um, stay in your seats and turn the volume up, adjust your sunglasses. And here are a few words from our sponsors. Mental health and guns. At Walk the Talk America, we're working with both the mental health community and the gun industry. Created by a gun industry veteran, Walk the Talk America seeks to raise awareness and create change through suicide prevention and firearm safety without legislation. We strive to eliminate the prejudice that firearms and mental health face. For more information and to support Walk the Talk America, please visit walkthetalkamerica.org. What's up, good people? Thank you for taking the time and listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. Please go visit the M-W Tactical store at www.m-wtactical.com forward slash store and help support our efforts by purchasing a shirt or two. If you haven't done so, go follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for M-W Tactical. Are you in the market to purchase your first or next firearm, but find the atmosphere of a gun store intimidating, crowded, or uninviting? There's a way for you to purchase the gun you want while avoiding the crowds, the gruff salesmen, and the marked up prices that come with a brick and mortar gun store. The process is called a transfer, where the purchase is made in an online store and sent to a federally licensed middleman called an FFL, who processes the paperwork and background check for a firearm purchase. CAE Transfers is the FFL with the lowest transfer cost in the Midlands at only $20 or $15 with the presentation of a South Carolina concealed weapons permit and $10 for repeat customers. If you live in Columbia, South Carolina or its surrounding areas, choose CAE Transfers as your FFL during checkout and let me help you complete your online gun purchase. You can find and follow CAE Transfers online at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram using at CAE Transfers. Thank you for your business and I look forward to seeing you soon. I'm Jason Pratt, Masterclass USPSA shooter, owner of Brass Monkey Bullets. If you're interested in competition bullets, Visit 
www.brassmonkeybulletsllc.com or call me at 423-967-1063. For more information, my email is brassmonkeybulletsllc at gmail.com. Thank you. JM4 Tactical has developed a state-of-the-art polymer holster that will quickly become your go-to holster. With high-quality Hermit Oak leather, securely sewn to the interior of the molded outer Bolteron shell, your draw becomes silent and no more scratches up and down your firearm. When seconds count, you can rest assured that you will have the upper hand when you need it most. Whether you carry open or concealed, the Relic Holster is available in four different models, fitting over hundreds of different style guns. The new reliable, easy, light, individual carry holster by JM4 Tactical. Order your Relic today at jm4tactical.com. All right, good people, we're back at it again, and thank you for listening to that commercial break, and we were just talking about how Rockstar does a lot of traveling, bought your Jeep at 12,000 miles, and now you got 250,000 miles? Wow. What year did you buy this? 225. Say again? I bought it at the end of 2012. Uh, it's got two, 225, and I bought it at the end of 2012. Oh, okay. Okay. Wow. So my truck, you got me beat by a whole lot. <laughs> I can tell you that right now. Uh, I bought my truck in 2016 because I had a 2008 model. I got into an accident, totaled it out, and I was stationed in Louisiana, but I came to Georgia to visit my daughter and bought the truck brand new. It had no miles on it. And right now I'm at like 178,000, 180,000, somewhere in that ballpark. So you got me beat by a whole lot, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it's nothing to complain about like i said um like you said you like to travel so pick up and go make it happen you know so speaking of traveling um to everyone who is participating in nationals uspsa nationals this weekend good luck to you and may the best shooter win so this week PCC and carry optics are taking place. And then next weekend is the race gun nationals. So I thought I had a spot this year for nationals, you know, but what actually ended up taking place was I went and registered for it. I thought I paid for it. And then when I went to go look up to see what squad I was in, cause I was talking with somebody and I was telling them like, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm going to nationals. And then I get the email that stated that I was on the reserve list. And I was like, no, I don't want to be on the reserve list. I need to be there in nationals. So I got a follow-up email that said I was on the reserve list. And if it happens to get to me, because it was 250 people on the reserve list. And if it happened to get to me that um, I have 48 hours to pay and pick a squad, I guess, and all that good stuff. I declined that because two days to prepare 
to get a hotel room and all that. Now you're really scrambling now. So, and I already had everything lined up for what I needed to do. So I was just like, well, maybe next year. <laughs> so <Right. laughs> yeah, more practice, more practice for me. But for those who are going down to um, Talladega to shoot nationals, good luck to everyone. And may everyone have fun. So I really wanted to go because it was down in the Talladega area. And of course, last year I went to nationals. It was um, very fun, very different, but that was my first time going to nationals too. But three matches and um, I mean, um, three days, one match. So every day you're shooting three, um, well, every day you're shooting seven stages. So it's okay. 21 stages in all. So it's over three days. And it can really take a toll on you, though. <laughs> it can really take a toll on you because they flip-flop. So I think when I did it, it was we started in the morning the first day. The second day, you start in the afternoon. Then the third day, you rotate back to the morning. So everybody's not, you know, shooting that same platform. And, you know, they change it up a little bit. So, um, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I didn't know what to expect. And I was looking forward to going this year. But like I said, when that happened, I was like, oh, what, what happened? I didn't realize that took place. But I decided to back out and not take it, even though it was given to me at the last moment. Sure. You know, so. Um, but maybe we can try to convince Rockstar to get into competition shooting and then get her to go down to nationals and try it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh i would i would love to i don't know how much my my hand would hold up i've been you know working on my good old carpal tunnel but i feel like that might wreck my wrist <laughs> put a put one of those wrist braces on and yeah get busy with it <laughs> I, sleep, I, sleep when I feel like an old lady i sleep with my my little wrist brace <laughs> you know when, when i think about you shooting i think you would probably go with PCC for whatever reason I just think you would probably do PCC over everything else I don't know how right I am but when if you was to actually look at something and actually shoot something um I just think more females will go for carry optics and PCC for whatever reason but I just think you would go more for PCC I don't know why I think that I just think that yeah you know? but then again yeah but then when we was there in Tennessee you were attracted to that AR-15 also I do like a good rifle <laughs> <laughs> so I was like oh, okay okay that's it so your training got canceled and we can thank um Southwest Airlines for that taking place so apparently you know Bad weather and everybody was like, oh, what's going on? It looks good over here. What, what are y'all talking about? Bad weather. <laughs> Air traffic controllers need more um, training, <laughs> something like that. Right. <laughs> but I, what I think actually ended up taking place um, behind the whole Southwest thing, and it's not being transparent. And let's be honest here. If they're putting it out that they're blaming it on other factors other than what it really is, and I honestly believe that their employees are standing up and saying like, look, we are not going to be forced to take this mandated shot. Yeah, let us have the option, but don't force us to do it, right? And I think um, by them standing up and doing that, 
they're exercising a right, but the company doesn't want to get behind the employees and say what it really is because they don't want to have to lose those federal dollars that they get for being an airline, you know, industry and the airline industry. So that's just my take on it. I don't know if I'm right or wrong on that, you know? So we could think Southwest yeah, yeah, Airlines for that, that one. I feel like. <laughs> no, I cut you off. My bad. I didn't mean to cut yeah, you off. Those... I see uh, those federal dollars are a powerful bargaining chip. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, but when you got to scare people to take something you don't want to take for the livelihood of your family and yourself, that's kind of putting you in a rock and a hard place in a sense of speaking. You know, but oh, absolutely. I just don't lie about it. Like, just tell us what's really going on, you know, like just be truthful about why your employees are not showing up to work and it's not because of bad weather. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I believe a lot of it, like I said, is the whole, well, don't make a public, you know, issue of this. And by you making a public issue of this, we're going to cut back that money because then they do that with um, a couple schools already. Well, about the mask mandate. Oh, you don't want to follow the mask mandate. Um, certain cities, oh, well, we'll pull some of your funding back. And then they had to take it to the um, Supreme Court and the Supreme Court got into it and said, hey, you can't do that, you know? Oh, yeah. And I mean, the government's done that many times throughout the years. I mean, even, so if you look, I mean, I'm from Wisconsin. I talk about Wisconsin a lot and I talk about our drinking culture because it's just such a huge, I, I, like, it's just surreal to me how much people like their alcohol here. But um, when you look back at when they were changing the federal limit for drunk driving to from 0.1 to 0.08 wisconsin was the last state to want to lower that limit because we have one of the highest you know drunk driving rates in the country not something to be proud of but a real thing that happens um but that was that was kind of like the final straw that really got the wisconsin legislature to take the bait of lowering the drinking limit was that they had threatened to pull the federal highway funding and they finally Mm. voted that they would lower the um you know the drinking limit from 0.1 to 0.08 so those dollars those federal dollars do talk and i mean and that's a case where like i actually kind of agree with it i I don't support drunk driving but um i don't like like if they bribe people i think that there's better ways to have those conversations and not not put all this money on the hook well if that's the case then we need to get more people to, to the polls and understand how important that vote is so they don't put people in office who will actually do negative stuff like that for political right. reasons you know what I'm saying? so whatever you do please go register and vote <laughs> please go register to vote um i don't know how they do it up there where you are but i know here when you go do your driver's license at dmv they'll ask you right there do you want to be a registered voter and you can say yes or no and of course if you say yes you'll get your um voter id card in the mail later on not there at that moment at dmv but how do how do they do it up there where you are well, I actually, I, that's actually a good question because I just moved, like, not just, but I moved back 
to Wisconsin after the 2020 election. So like at the beginning of 2021, I moved back to Wisconsin. So I was a Minnesota resident for the last election and I haven't thought about any upcoming. I mean, I know there's one coming up, you know, there's been some local elections that I don't, I have a hard time voting in my local elections right now because it's mostly like school board stuff and things like that, that I, I, I don't have kids. I don't, I'm not, I live in Milwaukee, but I'm not like tired planning on staying here long-term. So I'm not super vested in voting right where I'm currently living for local politics, or at least, you know, citywide politics. Um, but I do need to figure out, so Wisconsin's pretty lenient. Uh, I think it's after 10 days that you've been a citizen, you can uh, register to vote, which is pretty cool. Um, they, they want people to vote. They're a very active voting state. So it's not gonna be hard. I, still, I have a Wisconsin driver's license. Um, so that part I've got taken care of. It's just going to my local place and saying I'm here to vote. I thought um, a lot of places probably had that loophole in it. As long as you have that state driver's license, doesn't that technically make you a citizen of that state? Yeah. So, and then when I lived in Minnesota, I still had a driver's license from Wisconsin. So I actually had to bring a, you either have to bring in a credit card statement or um, like a utility bill with mm -hmm. your Minnesota address on it, just to show that you're a resident in that state, which is, that's interesting. Cause I'm like, well, that I just feel like there's ways people could cheat the system. I mean, it's not foolproof. That's for sure. Cause what's to yeah. say, like I could vote in Minnesota with this piece of mail and then if I was really motivated, go back and drive to Milwaukee and go vote where my driver's license was. I mean, I didn't, but <laughs> people could. You know what I mean? Like, if you're yeah. thinking like a criminal, people could do that. Yeah. Um, there's ways around it, I'm pretty sure. But yeah. I'm pretty sure they will. it will catch up to you sooner than later. So it wouldn't right. be like 15 years down the road. Hey, we got you voting two times in the same year. Come on. We need to sit down and talk. You know, right. um, I, I think that will literally be like a six month process. <laughs> they will catch up with yeah. you because that's like a serious matter right there, especially yeah. when it comes to election fraud. So right. very serious, very serious. So um, there's been a lot of stuff in the news outside of talks of COVID and what's going on in the airline industry. And um, it's getting crazy. So we already know that a lot of stuff are revolved around firearms, which when I see the news start talking about firearms in a negative light, that already tells me that there is some type of political campaign about to be reinserted into the fix. So um, there was a story about, I think it was a young female. She was 18 years old. This was in Oregon. Right. And um, she filed like a $10,000 lawsuit against this store called Bymart back in 2018. And um, she was 18 at the time. And of course, you already know, most places you can go buy a rifle or a shotgun at the age of 18. And they denied her the sale of the firearm. And she was 18 years old. But the store came back and later said that they was going to deny selling firearms to anyone between the ages of 18 and 20. So pretty much, if you're under 21, they're not going to sell it to you. And um, she took them to court. 
you know, and the courts ruled that it was illegal for the company to do that. So what is your take on that? And how do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a great lawsuit to, to challenge. I think that's, you know, there's a lot of companies, especially now, I mean, there's a lot of companies that sort of have become activists in their in their work and in their roles. And I mean, I, there's several that come to mind, but I don't, I don't think that just because you're a certain company that thinks a certain way means that you're above the law. You still have to follow the rules and regulations that the state, or, you know, if it gets kicked up to a higher level, to the federal level, like you are not exempt from following those just because you don't personally agree with them. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's a, you know, there's a lot of like gray area, I think in, in certain cases, but um, this one is interesting on, on a couple of levels. One, I mean, the whole 1821 adult, are you not an adult? When are you an adult? That's a really interesting thing, right? Because legally you are a, an adult um, when you turn 18 years old, except there are more and more things that are being kept from people once they turn 18 like you can't drink until you're 21 you can't buy guns in certain states until you're 21 there are you know there are other things that discriminate against you just because you are even though you're a legal adult even though you could serve in the military go buy cigarettes or vote or those sorts of things they're still keeping things from you and I guess there's pros and cons to both of that. I have always thought that they should lower the drinking age to 19. Um, one, because you're out of high school at that point, you are, you know, not around your high school friends anymore, but you're an adult legally. Um, that's a whole other tangent. But then there's also, you know, lots of psychological studies that tell us that our brains don't even finish developing until we're about 25 years old. So when are you an adult? Like when, like, is it when your brain matures to that full state? Is it when you turn 18? Because it's an arbitrary number that was picked back in the forties because we needed more men to be drafted into the military to go fight wars. I mean, like what, so at what point are you, I, I think it's actually a bigger discussion that we should have as a country of, you know, when are we, when are we going to really acknowledge people being adults? Because there seems to be a lot of a gray area um, between that 18 to 21 year old time frame, And I, I think people get, they, they slide through the cracks on certain cases, like in this case in Oregon, um, of, of what? Because, because it's someone somewhere decided that 21 was the age that we should sell firearms to people. You know what I mean? So it's like, mm -hmm. I don't like the inconsistencies. Well, I see it from both sides of the aisle, because um, even if you look at it from the standpoint of the store, like this brick and mortar store said, okay, we're not going to sell to you only because you're 18, right? I think that's wrong, right? Because it is defined in the law that if I'm 18 years old, that I can go buy a rifle and a shotgun, right? That's federal law. Now, what about other companies that prevent the sale like credit card companies or companies that loan you money of some such that pretty much do the same thing but you can't buy at certain places 
you know, so I can't, I think it might've been PayPal. I, I can't remember which company it was. And I want to say it was about two years ago. Whereas they was preventing people from spending money that they're applied for, they got at various companies. You know, um, I can't think of which company it was right now. I had it at the, I was thinking about it. I can't remember what it was at the moment. But I mean, that's pretty much the same thing in a sense of speaking. You know what I'm saying? So if I apply for a credit card, or a source of money from company A. And now I go to this firearms website to buy accessories, magazines, springs for the firearm, parts for the firearm, um, any type of furniture for the firearm. And now you're denying me. But either way you look at it, you're charging me more money in return from what you're loaning me. So why would you deny me? <laughs> Right. And I get it. Like I said, you have people who are anti gun people, regardless of where they live at and what they do, because people are going to believe what they going to believe. And certain people are not put in a position where they understand the importance of until they're thrusted into that position, you know, or something happened within their life that they had to defend their life. And now they see the importance of it. Or what about the pandemic? how that happened last year when you saw when they started cutting out food in the grocery store, how many people were quick to go out and buy a firearm. Then it was no ammo to be found because everybody bought it up, you know? So um, what about those instances like that? Um, I do believe, as you pointed out, you think the legal age should be eight, 19 years old to drink. I'm cool with that. Um, I'm a firm believer in, once you hit what is considered adulthood, so if they say 18 years old is adulthood, I think you should start being able to drink then because you can start voting then. You can start defending the country then. <laughs> so you can take a bullet for the country, but you can't have a beer. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, that's how I look at it. That's my take on it. But then again, I'm that same guy that had his last drink when he was 19 years old. Also, so when I went to the military, that's when I pretty much stopped drinking <laughs> right right after. Well, I think I was like a heavy drinker prior to the military. And then after basic training, when I got to my first duty station, I was sitting in the barracks room and I had like all these alcohol bottles right there watching TV. And I literally was about to take a drink out of a bottle. And I just looked at it, went in the bathroom, poured it all down the toilet. That was my last drink right there and that was in January of 1995 when I had my last drink <laughs> you know what I'm saying <laughs> so um like I said I don't smoke right I never did like cigarette smoke um never I, I done marijuana one time and um it was literally like nope the same for me <laughs> you know what I'm saying so don't partake in any type of drugs I get a headache. I don't even like taking aspirin, you know? So even if you look at it from the standpoint of me, and this is how you got to kind of look at business. If I'm like that, there's at least 10 more people like that, you know, on a responsible level, like, okay, you don't drink. Okay. 
I tell all my friends who do drink, hey, man, you can call me anytime, day or night. I will come get you. Just don't get behind the wheel drive. All right. So there are responsible people at a young age. So you, you really can't say that. But anytime there's talk like that, you know, they're always going to pull the negative out and make a big spectacle out of the negative. And that's going to be the rooting point, you know, so I don't, I don't agree with that. So like you said, 19, you think it's the legal age. I think 18 should be the legal age or can't, can be the legal age, but it should be on an individual basis, not a group effort. You know, I think at one point in time back in the nineties, I think certain cities across the country was experimenting with younger age people drinking and it kind of got out of control. So it was like, Nope, we're sticking to 21. I vaguely remember it, but it was there. <laughs> it was there. But, um, how do you do a remedy for businesses doing something like this? You know, so look at the bottom line, the bottom line is always the dollar point, but if you're willing to cut your dollar off by saying a certain group of people can't buy a product, how is that going to play out overall? Yeah. Well, and I think too, like, I don't, I, I don't like the fact that businesses think that they don't have to follow laws, right? Like, cause I mean, this would be a more extreme example, but you could just say, well, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to sell you a product because you're a woman or I'm not going to sell you a product because of whatever XYZ thing. When the law clearly states that I qualify to make this purchase and you, Mr. Business Owner, are basically saying you're above the law and choosing that because of your belief system, you don't want to let me have the product. Now, I will say that if that's what the store really wanted to do, I don't know why she couldn't have gone to, I mean, I understand the principle of why she filed the lawsuit, but were there other stores that she could have gotten a firearm from? That's what I would have done. Like, oh, okay, well, you don't want me to have it? No, no problem. Okay, I'm gonna go down street up to Kmart, you know, forget Bymart <laughs> and see what Kmart got, you know? That's what yeah. I would have done. I, I don't think I would have made a big deal about it, but I do understand how some people do look at something, opportunity is there, they jump on it. And of course, the way our legal system is, everybody's looking to sue somebody for something, you know? Right. But yeah, I, I, I would have done that. I don't think I would have, argue i'm not gonna argue with you to take my money if you don't want it okay cool so <laughs> i'm gonna go someplace else <laughs> you know so um let's talk about this one and tell me what you what is your honest take on this one now this is, happened in atlanta so i don't know how many times you frequent atlanta all right atlanta. But, yeah you, yeah you, yeah you can say that <laughs> more ways than one right <laughs> All right, so there was a, a Waffle House waitress. She pulls a gun out on a customer during a fight over the food order. Now, everybody has a Waffle House story. You know what I'm saying? I don't even eat Waffle House, but I still have a Waffle House story. I actually have a couple of them. <laughs> but uh, what is your take on the waitress pulls a gun on a customer over the food order 
I mean, I feel like that's just like Waffle House 101. I'm not even shocked. <laughs> I wouldn't expect anything less. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> well, you know, in the article, what she clearly stated was that she felt like she was being smothered by a customer and that pulling a gun out was a way to quiet him down. So obviously she didn't feel threatened. She just felt probably just overworked and stressed because of work. And we don't know what's going on within her personal life for her to actually have this buildup of emotions. But you do not pull a firearm out on somebody to get control of a situation in your workplace because it's not going the way you want it to go. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Easily you could have turned to somebody and was like, hey, can you deal with this situation? I need to go outside and take a breath of fresh air or something like that. You know, so, I mean, like, that's crazy to me. So now I'm pretty sure Waffle House is going to go around and do some type of controlling or some type of safety classes for their employees to help mitigate stress in some type of way. Because that's the only way I can see this right here could be a trend. And, but then you got to look at the shift in generation also, whereas, this can be a trend not to take away from young people that are responsible, but acts like this, this is kind of too much. But then again, you have to look at society as a whole as to what everybody is dealing with and the area where they come from is a big mathematical equation that narrows itself down to stress. And we need to figure out how to alleviate that stress in the workforce, regardless of what your profession is. You know? Yeah. So, um, but do you have a crazy Waffle House story? So we don't have, okay. So the closest Waffle House to me is on I-65 South in Indiana. So it's like seven hours away. Um, I've been to the Waffle House on my travels and I-65 is actually one of my favorite highways to drive down. But um, I feel like I don't have a crazy, crazy Waffle House story, <laughs> but I do have kind of a funny uh, Waffle House story. So I went to Waffle House with, um, so it was like probably three or four of us and we were, trying to get where we were maybe in Tennessee maybe further south I don't remember but um so we have like you know diner culture is still big in Wisconsin we still have like Denny's and things like that but um my friends had not been to a Waffle House before and I was like well you know it's kind of like Denny's but worse but it's like a thing so we have to do it to like let you so I got they have a really good bacon egg and cheese sandwich that's like I, I think it's delicious it's you know probably clogging my arteries to this day but it's just you know, it's greasy it's got like good cheese <laughs> but my friends okay and like I I like to think that I've got you know an iron stomach and I mean it's not like my friends we eat healthy ish but we still splurge once in a while um but yeah so we went there I got my sandwich I don't remember what everybody else had, but we got done eating. We were, we like continued on our drive and like an hour later, <laughs> all my friends were so like, I can't believe you made us eat at Waffle House. We all feel terrible. We're exhausted. Our stomachs hurt. And I'm like, y'all, it's an experience. You gotta try it. Bro, 
Oh man, the lard pit. That's what I call it, man. Like, man, oh man. Like, you know, pretty much my whole life I've been eating real healthy. And but I'm a big well, I was a big splurger on candy. So I was big on gummy candy for like people will tell you, like I used to literally, hey, stop at the store. And you know, like how people would be like, stop at the store, I need to get a pack of cigarettes or something like that. I'd be like, stop at the store, I need to get some gummies. <laughs> that was me. Um, I used to shoot, like when I was shooting like competition, I had a bag of gummies right there and I'd be eating them in between stages. Everything about me was gummy and sweets when I was um, younger, a couple years ago also. But um, I cut out all that sugar, right? But for me, the Waffle House will tear you up, especially if you're somebody who is health conscious when it comes to eating and your performances. Oh man, stay away from the Waffle House. <laughs> so for me, my crazy Waffle House story is, and like I said, this is one of them and I have a few of them, but this one took place when I was in high school. And at this point in time, I had, um, I had already had my driver's license and it was either my first summer there in Charlotte or my second summer in Charlotte. I can't remember. But um, as I told you, when I was younger, I lived with my dad in Charlotte. And my dad only had one rule for me when I was growing up. And it was, you can do anything you want to do, but you will get up the next morning and go to school if school is in session. So I was, okay, cool. So he didn't care what I did because, you know, he was a truck driver. So it was only me and him in the house. So it didn't make sense for him to try to impose rules. I'm punishing myself if I listen to the rules, so <laughs> to speak. So um, me and my buddies in the neighborhood, we had went out. And if you listen to rap and you hear that song, um, one of those songs that the baby raps on, and he talks about Sugar Creek and Tryon and all that, that was the area that I lived in. Right. And um on Tryon, it was a bunch of clubs that was there. So you got to remember when I was in high school, um, they had younger age clubs in Charlotte back in the day. So they had um, the 16 and up clubs. Like it was like 16 to 23 or something like that. Um, but if you knew the right people, because like we, our circle of friends, you know, like we was always cool with the older generation of people. So we was always getting into the older clubs, not the 30 and up clubs, but the older clubs for us as teenagers. And after the club, well, everybody always hits the Waffle House, right? So now we're on Sugar Creek and we're at the Waffle House. And the dope boys, they were starting to go at it, right? And they started like looking at each other and saying stuff across the parking lot. And I'm sitting there looking, and I'm like, all right, you know how it is, people just talking, all right? So my buddy was like, he wanted to go up in Waffle House, and uh, he didn't have enough money. So I had pretty much asked everybody else who was with us, like, yo, do you want um, anything out of here? Because I'll pay for it. So we went up in there to make the order, right? It was three or four guys. I think it was three guys they came in to jump the other guy now these are dope boys now <laughs> right that one guy who was in this uh, waffle house by himself because he was with his girlfriend he jumps over the counter and pulls his gun out right 
And when he pulls the gun out, I was like, don't worry about it. I'm telling my homeboy, don't worry. He's not going to shoot nobody. He's not going to shoot nobody. Right. And I said, he's scared because he's by himself, which he's about to get jumped. <laughs> but he's dope, boy. So ain't no telling what's going to happen. And when he pulled the gun out, he was telling him, get back, get back. I'll pull this out. Don't don't try me. You know, he's, they all doing that talk. And then he just points the firearm at the ground, pulls the trigger. And of course, somebody calls the cops. Cops pull up in there and they arrested him. And I was like, yeah, he, he only did that to save him life, his life. But you got to remember something, too. You understand the streets. That stuff is fluent in jails also. So you know somebody who knows somebody who can make a phone call in jail to get that situation taken care of. So that, that was one of my crazy um, Waffle House stories right there. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't gonna tell you about when I was barfing on a motorcycle, leaving Waffle House because I was starving. <laughs> Three o'clock in the morning, Alabama, going back to Fort Benning. I ain't gonna tell you those stories. <laughs> There's some song that's like it's like after what's is that Nelly? I forget who sings it. He's like after the after the parties, the Waffle House. If you've ever been there, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Um, yeah. Was that Nelly? I don't, I don't remember, but it's, yeah. yeah. I remember. I remember the song. I just don't remember who sings it, you know. And then the last story I wanted oh, to talk like, about. Oops, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I cut you off again. I'm sorry. Oh, I was like, it's like Luda. It's one of the, like, like, like 90s, early 2000s rappers. I, I don't know. There were so many. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, I want to go ahead and bleed into this last story of um, this was a video I seen on Instagram earlier last week, and I was looking for the actual footage of this one because somebody else had posted it and they only showed a little bit of it and then they cut it off and put their stuff afterwards. But there was a video of this man who shot and killed um, Houston Police Department officer as they was going to the house. So the video that I seen, it wasn't clear as to what took place. They knocked on the door and they was trying to talk to God, hey, come on out of the house. Let's talk about this. Let's don't make this more than what it is. Then all of a sudden, you, you just hear automatic fire and it hit like two officers off the bat. And then the one officer who was on um, the left-hand side of the door you saw him react and got down and then he ran behind the car and then he called it in and he was trying to assess the situation and it was legitly a firefight right there but i didn't know the officer died though and um the article that um that i'm reading it actually says the officer died in it so you got to be careful out here you got to be careful out here now what if that wasn't the police department that was doing that not what if it was somebody just at the wrong house at the wrong time? You know what I'm saying? How would you protect yourself? And then not to say everybody go out and get body armor, but we just have to be aware of our surroundings and um, just understand times are changing and people are very different because you have people who are just honestly not scared of the law. And I'm a firm believer in that we need to bring love songs back over to the radio so once they got rid of groups like um, New Edition, you know, Anita Baker, <laughs> she ain't singing no more. We need to bring those people back. The Temptations, like, let's do the Temptations part two. I'll spearhead it. 
<laughs> you know, <laughs> but we need to bring love songs back and we need to bring um, shows on TV that talked about family unity from all perspectives, not just one perspective. And I think because of certain environments and the entertainment industry, people are literally thinking they can live that life. But then again, I don't know what this guy was wanted for if he was wanted. And, but some people just have that mentality. I'm not going down. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I'm not going to be caged. You got to take me in a bag, but I'm not walking into no jail, you know? And I know a, a few people like that up in Virginia also. So um, yeah. I don't know if you saw that video or not, but um, it was crazy. <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? That video, I did read that article and there was actually, there was another officer that died last week as well. There was, um, the oh, so was two? There, were, there was another one and I can't, he, his name was Harris, something Harrison or Harrison something. Um, mm. He was young, he was like 26 um, and he left behind his wife and a little kid. Mm. Guy was out to get that officer. Um, I should try to find that story because it was it was right on the heels of this one. I'm like, wow, like it's kind of crazy that it was like two separate places. That was in you know this one was in Texas and the other one was in like I want to say like Georgia or Tennessee, or you know southeast. Hmm. Wow, I think which the, is really interesting, really sad that it's yeah. the The last crazy thing I've seen about any type of shooting that took place around me was it was someplace in South Carolina or it might have been North Carolina but I think it was South Carolina um two people were in a car they was running from officers the guy stands up out of the sunroof pulls out a rifle and starts shooting at the police officer and they got away <laughs> officer just killed the chase I think the um, dispatch actually told him quit chasing them. you know and they wasn't prepared for that you know so um I know like when I was overseas, the, the talk was, how do you fight somebody who's not scared to die? You know, so now you got to look at it from that standpoint, like, yo, we don't know what we're about to run into, if they're going to ambush us or drive into a certain area. We don't understand their communications, like cell phones, or if they got radio in their car, they're leading us into an ambush. So, hey, back off, <laughs> you know, but yeah. it's crazy. It gets crazy, man. It gets crazy. So yeah. that's, yeah, that's, that's just a little bit of gun news that we were um, said we was going to bring up and talk about, but everybody, please be careful out there. Please be careful out there. Have that situational awareness. Um, something looks out of place, follow your gut feeling. Don't second guess yourself. If it doesn't feel right, get out of that area. Um, even if you are trained, don't try to become a hero. Understand that if you have a firearm on you, especially if you have a CWP on you, that is to save your life and it's the last means of protection so if you can get away safely by all means get away safely don't try to be dirty harry <laughs> in a situation and you know just be safe out there please be safe out there and then if you are somebody who conceal carries and there are a lot of people out there who conceal carry who do not train please go get the training and understand that you are not as fast or you can do whatever with that firearm like you think you can 
right? Um, as we talked about um, not too long ago, the week before last, or actually last week, that a person that is standing 21 feet away from you can cover that distance within a second to a second and a half, depending on their conditioning. You know, so 21 feet, it might look a little far, but when somebody's coming at you, it's going to close because don't forget, you got to react to that. And every movement that your body does is um, like a quarter of a second. So by the time you process it and then you start moving, right, that's already a half a second gone right there. And we already said 21 feet, it covers a second to a second and a half. And can you effectively pull that firearm out that holster and put um, shots on target, you know, right. effectively, <laughs> you know, so please be careful. Please be careful out there. Please be careful. Yep. So, um, we have an interview section this week again also, and this time it's with a company called DevTech. And of course, you know, the backstory is I was just flipping around on Instagram, saw this company that talks about a magnet and me and Dave, um, who was the host, co-host from last season, um, he was telling me like, hey, you might want to get a magnet. It probably help you out, you know, this or another. And we we're just talking about various ways. So when I went to go look for the magnet at this other company and this other site, I think they wanted too much money for it, right? So when I saw that, it, it deterred me and I left it alone. And now, you know, what, two weeks ago now, three weeks ago, I come across this feed and now I have a magnet on my belt, right? So let you know, you're going to hear the conversation and we're just going to talk about the importance of a magnet and how can it help you? Because a lot of people will shut it down. But in, for me, I think it makes shooting that much more easier now <laughs> because you have a wide range of options when it comes to using this magnet. So, um, but we're going to dive into that here in a little bit. But is there anything else you want to cover before we take off of this next commercial break? I don't know. I feel like we've had a good conversation. We covered a lot of topics, talked about the Waffle House. I mean, that's always a fun. <laughs> well, I can honestly say the next time we link up, if you say the Waffle House, I'm walking the other direction. <laughs> and if you're driving, I'm going to be like, no, I'm, I'm Ubering it. <laughs> I'll give you a heads up right now. <laughs> Leave barrel rolling out of my car. <laughs> you, know, you know, actually, um, I was going to ask you if I could take your Jeep, um, like down that path in Tennessee when we was at the range. Um, oh, yeah. But the thing was for me is there's a lot of vehicles I can't fit in because of my height. And yeah. a Jeep is one of them. And the last time I actually tried to buy a Jeep, uh, it was like about 16 years old. Uh, I was coming back from my aunt's house and there was a used car lot right down the street from my mom's house. And um, when I saw the Jeep, I got home and I got on my bike and I rode back up there and I was talking to the guy and I was like, yo, how much, you know? So I was like, all right, cool. Cause you know, I had some money stashed away when I was younger. And I was like, give me about a week and I'll come back and get it. And he said, okay, if it's still here, you know, you can get it. I was like, all right, cool. So um, left, got some more money. And by the time I came back to get the Jeep, he had already sold it. 
So I couldn't get the Jeep. <laughs> and then um, later on, when I attempted to get a Jeep, by then I was already like 6'2", 6'3", because, you know, I'm 6'5", right now. So um, by then I was already too tall and it was uncomfortable, uncomfortable for me to sit in. And um, I was like, yeah, okay, I'm not going to do this. So now it's trucks, <laughs> trucks and SUVs from here on out. <laughs> As you know, I tried to squeeze into a Lamborghini also. Um, my buddy, he owns a Lamborghini. And he was like, yeah, man, take it, take it on around the block. I was like, all right, cool. I couldn't even get in it. It was like literally so tight. And I was like, man, they really make this for a small person. Because, you know, it is a legit race car, though, a Lamborghini. So right. I was like, hmm. No, I can't do that one. <laughs> but yeah. you know, if you got the money, you can get it to you know fit it for your height. Also, crazy. I I don't know. I feel like I I don't like sports cars. I mean, I like them for what they are, but I wouldn't. I would rather be in like a truck or a big. I yeah. don't know. That's it's how like I a am. cool. Yeah, it's like, I mean, I get the appeal of the sports car and the, you know, going fast and all that stuff. And I'm like, eh, I would rather just be able to like run people over. That's way more appealing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, when I was a kid, um, you know how we used to always play, that's my car, that's my car. Mm -hmm. um, my car back in the day was always the Lincoln Town Car or like nice. some form of a Cadillac. And everybody used to always laugh at me when I used to say that. And I was like, Nah, because my dad, he bought a Lincoln Town Car when I was like about eight or nine years old. It was smooth sailing. You didn't feel a bump in the road. It was almost like my grandma's old school Oldsmobile. <laughs> that big boat, man. It's like you're floating on water. But at like the same the time, yeah, it was like real plush. It was it was an easy ride. But at the same time, like whenever we went someplace, um, I just noticed like how my dad just garnered the attention and respect of certain people when he pulled up in that car because you know pretty much what you drive is a, a status symbol in a sense of speaking and um when people will come up and talk to him i was just like yep i'm gonna be like daddy when i get older mm -hmm. i'm gonna be stylish just like that <laughs> but needless to say i never went out and bought a lincoln town car or a cadillac um but pickup trucks is where i'm at with it so yeah, that's how it is for me. <laughs> that's my Jeep, it's so funny. I still, my Jeep is old. It's a 2010. It's the first year they came out with the, you know, the new body style on the Jeeps. And I still get people like at the gas station. Oh, I love your Jeep. I'm like, y'all, it's got a ton of miles on it. It's, it's like stock and there's big tires on it, but it's nothing fancy, but it's so funny. It's like such an iconic brand that people and I knew when I was a kid like we had those jeep I didn't have one but the neighbor kids had a power wheels like a jeep power wheels and like from that point on I'm like I want to drive a jeep and then when I was in I worked at a Texas roadhouse when I was in college and one of my best friends had a yellow jeep I'm like we rode around in that and I'm like yeah I'm totally gonna get a jeep <laughs> and then when I turned like 26 I finally bought one well, like I said, you, well, you got a utility vehicle, whereas you can load it up with firearms and hit a trail. And if it's an in an area where you can shoot, yeah. pull over, shoot off a couple rounds, throw them back up in there, and then do some more trail riding. Yeah. <laughs> Make it work for you. <laughs> do some hunting out there while you. While you <laughs> <out> there. <laughs> That's it right there. So, if you will, good people. Um, for those who want to follow me, please head on over to Facebook 
and YouTube and look up M-W Tactical. And if you're on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, please go to at M underscore W Tactical. And if you want to follow or just talk to Rockstar, you can do so at. Find me on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook, but I like Instagram. It's more my style. You can see all my controversial stories. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a big but fan I'm... of um, Instagram also. <laughs> yeah, it's just nice. So it's Rockstar Burst, B-E-R-S-T. And uh, yeah, I hang out there a lot. Um, it's just and you can find me all over the internet i'm sure so yeah that's it right there so if you will um please go ahead and lay back in those seats if you need your drinks topped off please head to the refrigerator throw some ice in that water top the water off come on back turn the volume up and check out this interview segment with div tech that div tech that we're about to have all right so turn the volumes up sit back relax and we'll be right back after these words from our sponsors. Are you in the market to purchase your first or next firearm, but find the atmosphere of a gun store intimidating, crowded, or uninviting? There's a way for you to purchase the gun you want while avoiding the crowds, the gruff salesmen, and the marked up prices that come with a brick and mortar gun store. The process is called a transfer, where the purchase is made in an online store and sent to a federally licensed middleman called an FFL, who processes the paperwork and background check for a firearm purchase. CAE Transfers is the FFL with the lowest transfer cost in the Midlands at only $20 or $15 with the presentation of a South Carolina concealed weapons permit and $10 for repeat customers. If you live in Columbia, South Carolina or its surrounding areas, choose CAE Transfers as your FFL during checkout and let me help you complete your online gun purchase. You can find and follow CAE Transfers online at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram using at CAE Transfers. Thank you for your business, and I look forward to seeing you soon. Mental health and guns. At Walk the Talk America, we're working with both the mental health community and the gun industry. Created by a gun industry veteran, Walk the Talk America seeks to raise awareness and create change through suicide prevention and firearm safety without legislation. We strive to eliminate the prejudice that firearms and mental health face. For more information and to support Walk the Talk America, please visit walkthetalkamerica.org. Hey, this is Brian Conley at Hunter's HD Gold. If you've never tried Hunter's HD Gold, then I challenge you to find me at a match next year. Go to the website under scheduled events, find out where I'm gonna be, come meet me in person and demo a pair for yourself. Find out why shooters across the United States are changing the Hunter's HD Gold to get 43% more light to their eyes, better contrast, eyes that are not fatigued at the end of the day based on the, the colors that we use, and find out the real meaning of why they change so you don't have to. So check us out on our website, huntershdgold.com, and I look forward to seeing you at the range soon. JM4 Tactical has developed a state-of-the-art polymer holster that will quickly become your go-to holster. With high-quality Hermit Oak leather, securely sewn to the interior of the molded outer Bolteron shell, your draw becomes silent and no more scratches up and down your firearm. When seconds count, you can rest assured that you will have the upper hand when you need it most. Whether you carry open or concealed, 
the Relic Holster is available in four different models, fitting over hundreds of different style guns. The new reliable, easy, light, individual carry holster by JM4 Tactical. Order your Relic today at jm4tactical.com. I'm Jason Pratt, Masterclass USPSA shooter, owner of Brass Monkey Bullets. If you're interested in competition bullets, visit www.brassmonkeybulletsllc.com or call me at 423-967-1063. For more information, my email is brassmonkeybulletsllc at gmail.com. Thank you. All right, good people. Thank you for listening to that quick commercial break that we had and um, the interview segment. I want to bring somebody on who is a shooter and they have a device that they came up with that I was looking for for about two or three months ago when me and Dave was talking about, hey, I need to go ahead and utilize this to help prevent from missing my reloading after I shoot a stage meaning getting everything together for the next stage. And I seen this on Instagram and I would put a message in um, on one of the pictures. Hey, I'm about to order one of these. I ordered it. And next thing you know, the owner wrote me back and was like, Hey, thanks for ordering. <laughs> and then we started a conversation off of that. And yeah. now I want to go ahead and welcome Nathan of DevTech to the M-W Tactical Podcast. So how's it going for you there, Nathan? All right, how are you doing today? Thanks for having me on. Hey, no problem, man. Like I said, this is round two for us, but um, hey, you know, <laughs> um, technical difficulties, as we're going to call it. <laughs> that's okay. You know, it's another opportunity for us to hang out and talk. Oh, yeah. And so, that's uh, it. Again, actually. <laughs> oh, yeah. So um, to, to be quite frank, the first conversation we had, um, I think that was epic. That, that, would, that should have been the recording that captured, but yeah. It was awesome. Yeah, it is what it is. But, you know, sometimes the second time is best around, <laughs> you know. All right. So <laughs> can, you, can you go ahead and open up um, in regards and let the good people know who you are, your involvement with shooting, and how did the product that you came up with, the DevTech Magnet, come into play? Sure. All right. So, hey, everybody. My name is Nathan Dively, the owner of DevTech uh, DivTechShop.com. Um, I've, um, I'm a shooter in USPSA. Uh, I've tried a bunch of different, uh, uh, divisions. I'm not the master class yet, but someday I hope to be. And, um, yeah, so I, um, been the shooting sport for over seven years now, I believe. Uh, at least that's what USPSA website showed me when I logged on last. They showed me this little badge that said, congratulations, seven years of membership. And I was like, Dang, that's a, that's a, I can't believe how much time has flown by. And I'm still B-class. <laughs> but, um, you know, um, ever since then, you know, I've been always really, I've really enjoyed the sport. It's kind of my space to go to. And um, I'm glad that with this product that I've made, I'm finally making some kind of contribution to competitors because, you know, we all as competitors have 
different needs uh, regarding our equipment because whether it's our size, our shape, our build, or speed, or whatever it may be, we we need to look for something. And so I'm going to toss my hat into the ring and see if I can help uh, other shooters like myself that are looking for other things. Hey, like I said, that's awesome right there. But um, don't beat yourself up about being B class because when <laughs> when I first got into the limited um, division in USPSA, everybody was saying C class is where normally majority of the people stay stagnant at. And of course, like when I went through C class, I was actually chasing B class. So um, it was like a blur because I was chasing the classifiers. But then yeah. I shortly realized that, okay, if you really want to get progressed further within the sport, you have to do the major matches. And um, now for this will be the second year of me going to like more major matches because I prefer not to even shoot a classifier now because yeah, so many of them are chewed up, you know what I'm saying? And when I say chewed up, I'm saying it more along the lines of um, like they started back in 99 and look at how many people ran through that classifier and beat it up so much that you almost got to be near perfect to even be relevant with it. It's like the El Prez, for example, you know, it's, mm. it's definitely a standard anymore, but yeah, people that actually practice the El Prez over right. and over and over right. kind of thing. Well, but, you know, uh, you know, yeah, like you said, though, when it comes to uh, chasing classifications now, one thing I, I found, we didn't talk about this, um, that I found that I'm enjoying now is actually chasing the leaderboard now when I go to locals. So let's say I'm like, right now I'm a B-class shooter. Well, recently I just became B-class, right? So I've been in C class. And at the end of the day, if I see a whole bunch of people that are in B class or A class that I've outperformed, that's a win for me and it keeps me going. Right. You know, I'm like to I like to see myself up there in the top percent, you know, oh no, top 20% if I can. Right. Um, and yeah, that's the, that's pretty much the same thing that I do is um, when I look at the board, I try to um, I always go into a match and say I want to be within the top 20 percent overall, but I want to be like the top five or the top 10, depending on which match I'm shooting within B class. And then even at a local match, um, my goal is to um, not let a C or a B class shooter um, perform better than me, but. I try to be at least a top B class shooter, you know, but yeah. then again, you know, like how for past couple months, um, like six, seven months, I've been having ammo issues. So those ammo issues been bringing in bad habits for me. So of course time and entry and exit looking a little sloppy. So now I think I got the ammo um, situation corrected. So I got to get back to practicing and then try to clean up everything and then at least get back on route, you know, with my training and everything. Yeah. Focus on, yeah. Focusing, on focusing on the game more than, you know, focusing on the what ifs anymore, right? Correct. Correct. But um, one thing that I did discover because, like, I got the DevTech Magnet on Friday and I used it on the match on Saturday and... I actually like it better than my normal routine, which was, of course, when I get finished shooting, you know, when uh, RO gives you the command, uh, make clear, I would take the magazine out the firearm and put it back in my pouch, right? Um, whereas now, because I got the DevTech magnet, 
when I drop the magazine out the firearm, I just attach it to the magnet, right? And then show the RO everything. And then when I go pick up my other magazine, I throw that one on the magnet also. So now when I'm walking back, it's not like, okay, I got to think about it. It's like, when, as soon as I touch it and the oh, magazine's right here in the front, I got to reload those. So it won't be a forget or yeah. like last minute thing for me anymore. So, but that's one thing I am appreciative about, about this magnet. And I want to say it was closer to the beginning of the summer when me and Dave was talking about getting a magnet. And when I looked it up, I was like, oh, I'm not paying 50, 60 bucks, whatever it was at that time. I thought it was too much for the magnet, you know? And then of course now, like just was it a week and a half ago, something like that came across your product. And I was like, Oh, I'm getting one and did it right in there. You know, Man, so. so first off, thanks so much for like seeing the product and then jumping onto it. Uh, it's something I'm pretty proud of that, uh, you know, I, I put a lot of thought into the design, even though it looks pretty rudimentary, but uh, there's a lot of small details that I uh, wanted to make sure were most effective, you know, when it comes to like spacing and things. But I'll get into that here, here in just a second. But yeah, like, um, um, that uh, when it comes to the availability of the magnets, you know, like I said, a couple of months ago, you said you were looking for a magnet. And it was probably right after the rules changed, right? It opened up to a whole bunch of other shooters, right? So Correct. Like a lot, of, a lot of people that weren't able to enjoy magnets were like, oh, dang, I'm going to get to try out magnets now. And then there were a whole bunch of other shooters who were like, oh, dang, there's a whole bunch of other people getting magnets. I'm, I don't get one. I'm going to be under-equipped against these guys now. I better, I better get one, you know? Yeah. So um, that, uh, that week, I sold, out, I sold out of magnetic mag pouches. Gone. Oh, I, wow. every, I, even, uh, I even sold a whole bunch of blemish ones. Um, and I did, you know, I told them before they purchased, like, hey, these are blemished product. This is, you know, the printing doesn't look as great or, um, you know, there's nothing you know, structurally wrong with them. But if you just want something that works and something you can rely upon, this is it for you. And I'll just give you, uh, you know, a discount. And right. you can just kind of clear off my bench. <laughs> right. But um, ever since then, a lot of people has been really trying to take advantage of um you know, having a magnet available, even though it's not still not as used as much as we'd like, but for your case and mine too now, um, people are having that routine at the end of the stage, you know, our unload, show, clear, you know, go ahead and pop the, ma the magazine right onto the magnet. And I'm like, yep, that's, and that's my routine too, just like you do. And, you know, whenever I pick up a drop mag or someone hands me one of my drop mags, I'll go ahead and stick it on there because probably like me, couple a uh, few times you went up to this uh the starting line and then you reloaded the mag during the stage and that magazine wasn't fully loaded you're you're short a couple shots and you had to go back to the, the yeah. magazine or something right <laughs> yeah so when you turn around and you look at it um that magnet it it gives you um options and not just for um when you get finished with a stage right um I've seen people use the magnet and they use that as their um, their start ammo. You like so when they go through and they barney up, uh, meaning they put one round in the chamber, they'll take that magazine out and then put that full magazine in off the magnet. Um, or you can actually do it. Whereas there's been stages where I've been to a match 
where it's an unloaded start and the first magazine has to come from the barrel, right? And firearm and the magazine is on the barrel. So um, now if you got like two or three magazines or all your magazines got to come from a barrel, something like that. Now the quick thing is just take the magazine, slap it onto the mag, grab the firearm and then load another mag. And then when you do your reload, just take it off the magnet. You know, um, there's various options you can do with it, but um, it was something I wanted to get a while back and now I was just able to do it just now because honestly, when I first was looking at the magnet, the price deterred me. So um, it literally just left my mind. It wasn't like a priority of mine. And then, like I said, just scrolling through Instagram, came across the BivTech feed. And I was like, oh, let me just go ahead and do it right now since it's on my mind now. And I wish I was on Instagram months ago. That way I've been able to provide it right away. Oh, man. You would have capitalized a couple months ago, probably, especially when oh, the rules changed. Oh, man, came dude. Out. I would, I would, well, the thing, you, know, you wouldn't even see anything on the website just because I'd have a backlog so long, I bet. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> so um, now, what colors do you offer um, right now? Because you actually make all this stuff at your your place of business or your home or wherever you do it at. Mm -hmm. So which colors do you offer right now? So the things I actually make myself, the actual uh, mount and the cap, um, the colors offer uh, my most popular black and the blues uh, mm -hmm. right away. I got awesome, uh, nice bright red uh, going. Uh, a lot of people have been taking advantage of the orange that I just released. I have um, this really interesting color called Starry Night. It's kind of like a uh, translucent um, dark dark blue and has some sparkles in it. So if you want to feel a little extra, you know, you have that option. <laughs> you know, you have to get real close, but uh, just ask some of your buddies to, you know, put their face right up against you just to enjoy the sparkles or anything like that. Then you got the... Uh, um, well, let's see here. I got yellow on the way and I got, so here I got gray and last one, last but not least, this um, beautiful color that I have to just say just looks sexy. This is dark cherry red. Um, right. You know, putting in your hand and looking at it in a dim light, I'm like, man, that's like a, it's like a fine wine that I have in my hand. It looks really, really nice. Nice. So, now, you know, what... I saw that one up pretty quick. Yeah. yeah <laughs> oh, and I can't forget about the neon green, the one that sells out almost as quickly as I put it on the site. The one that you got, actually. Yeah. yeah, well, you know, the green, whatever it is with me, my favorite color is black. And I like the color combination of black and gray, black and silver. But for whatever reason, green has always been, I've been attracted to green ever since like I was in high school. And I don't know why that is, but Black is my favorite color, but I'm always attracted to green. So whenever I do something, I need something with a hint of green in it, or I try to like access everything with green. So like back in the day when I used to do uh, motorcycle stunts, I had a motorcycle that was rigged out specifically for stunts. And I painted that one like a neon green. <laughs> you know? Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. So like, um, even like when I was doing shooting, um, what I actually started doing was my shoes were green, black and green. And then I wanted to get green accents on my belt because I couldn't find um, the shooter's belt with the green accent on it. So I got the gray and black accent, but I put green magazines on it, but I couldn't find like neon green magazines. So I just got like the dark green magazines. And now I got the, the lime green magnet. 
So yeah. I'm like, I don't care. I'm sticking with it. So that's me. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna send you. I'm gonna send you one of the black caps. That way you can uh, have your black and green combo. Hey, that that'll work right there. <laughs> that would be it. Because actually, you know, uh, you know, funny thing it. about black and green. I just ordered the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was gonna say was um. I was going to go ahead and order another one because I'm going to set up another belt for um, carry optics also. So if anything, I'll probably get that one black and then just alternate the caps. So it'll be black and green on both of them. And that's something that uh, some people kind of miss in my website. So I need to actually um, find a way to make it more prevalent that I can absolutely mix and match colors. Mm -hmm. If you have, if you're a, like Florida State fan or something like that. You can get the blue and the orange together or something like that. Um, I'm going to be going to Oak Ridge uh, here, I think, this weekend. So I'm going to load up on the orange because we got a lot of Vols fans out there, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so now you're shooting a match at Oak Ridge this weekend? Yeah, I think we go to Oak Ridge this weekend. We'll try to go there. And, uh, I haven't been there in a long time, but they put some really good mat- uh, stages out there. Oh, man. So how far is um, Oak Ridge from you? Me, I just checked Google Maps today. It's uh, two and a, two and a, two hours and twenty minutes. Hmm. So I gotta leave. I gotta leave pretty good in the morning. I gotta leave about you know close to seven. That way I get there in plenty of time. Maybe if there's uh, traffic through Knoxville or something like that. And, oh, I got you. Yeah, uh, that I way, once I arrive and things. But I'm excited to go to this match. Oh yeah, just so. because it's a long time. You know, so another new place. I love being able to see something new, have, uh, you know, see the different stage designs, depending where you go, uh, see what the flavor's like. You know, so I haven't seen the flavor of Oak Ridge in a while. So yeah, yeah, look so forward to it. I'm actually, um, I shot a match, like I said, um, this past weekend, Mid-Carolina match. And I didn't go into the match, like looking to place high or anything like that. I really just went to the match just to make sure my ammo was working because I had to redo like all the ammo I'd done um, because of the overall length with the gun, the newer yeah. gun that I got, which is the Brazos. Um, the chamber is cut out to be 1.22 inches and I was loading at 1.185 inches. And I'm thinking that's where all the malfunctions were coming from. So I went ahead and changed out all my ammo. I had to pull out all the bullets redid all the powder and everything because I went and did chrono I did this like from the beginning of everything so I went out um Friday evening tested some rounds and I was like okay no hang-ups so I'm good went to the match the gun ran beautifully <laughs> so I was like I oh man yeah I should have been doing this like nine months ago <laughs> right but miscommunication, um, it was some paperwork that was supposed to come with the firearm that I didn't get in the box with the firearm. So um, no harm, no foul, you know, um, but I'm still in it. It's a learning lesson, of course. And yeah. now I, like, that's what I'm saying. So I had to reset myself to get back on track with my practice and everything, because um, ever since I started having those malfunctions, what was actually taking place was I was looking for the malfunction to happen. So but neither here nor there but now um i have a new method of making sure i reload the magazines with the magnet <laughs> and everything so uh, <laughs> but we good now um since this is our second time recording um the first time we actually was talking about a different invention um, with the magnet but i really don't want to go into that because i want you to keep that for yourself and 
hopefully um, something will prosper for you of that. Um, to yeah. let everybody know, we just shared an idea of what I had that he can probably use to capitalize off on and make what I said to him a better product for the shooter overall. Um, so if this actually comes to fruition, um, just be looking out for this product to be called the Woodland Puller or the Woodland or something. Exactly like what it's going to be called. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to have Woodland Puller. It's going to be, it's going to have the M-W tactical influence right. on there. It's going to, I'm just going to, I'm just going to print your to it. Is what <laughs> hey, that'll be it. That'll work right there. <laughs> <laughs> No, but, but honestly, you know, you know, the idea that you presented yesterday was a really good idea. I actually talked with my wife about that. She's like, wow, that's a really good idea. And yeah. so looking at some of the uh, um, products that I had that could um, possibly use that kind of influence that um, right. uh, we thought of. And I'm yeah. like, you know what, this is, this could be possible, you know, but, uh, you know, if someone does a better job than me at that, you know, good on them. But you know what, that gives me an opportunity to improve upon that uh you know uh that development so i look forward to it so what you just thought of it just really opens up a whole new avenue of another you know products right. that can be developed now so yeah. and like i said um i love um thinking of stuff up like that to make it make it better for the shooter overall and um, you really have to put yourself in a consumer standpoint versus just coming up with something and throwing it out there, you know, but a lot mm -hmm. of people, that's how inventions are created. Like you put yourself in that position or you do something and then everybody else is like, Hey, that's smart. I want a piece of that. And then next thing you know, yeah. you know you, we saw that we saw the need. We're like, Oh, this is, there's a, there's a solution to be had. Right. Kind of situation, yeah. you know, and that's how, that's how my thing but you know i think it's really cool you know um the product that i make is a 3d printed product right. um and i think because of how easily accessible 3d printing has more accessible excuse me uh 3d printing has become you're gonna see we're, i think we're gonna see a lot more um you know uh, advancement in our sport with people testing out 3d printed products uh, turning into you know milled aluminum products after that if anything, or even just keeping the at 3D printed products, because, you know, let's face it, you know, limited aluminum can get expensive, machining can, can get expensive, right. and um, especially trying to buy, um, you know, casts or molds and things like that, it's not cheap, but, you know, doing this, um, uh, um, you know, using 3D printed products, I think is going to be kind of the way of the future in a sense, especially for us as shooters, you know, right. people are going to try different different types of magwells, different types of holster ideas, uh, different types of accessories and things. Um, so I think it's a pretty cool thing. Oh, yeah. So the 3D printed um, thing, I think it's going to um, revolutionize life because now, like, for instance, I, I have a 3D printer and I came up with some things um, around the house. I didn't come up with it, but I went to a website, saw something, downloaded it and then printed it and use it around the house so like i have a drain in my um my bathtub <laughs> right yeah um, yeah 3d printed it um there's a, a lever that i have so like um on one of my um light switches in the house it activates the floodlights outside and i really don't use the floodlighting 
So this little lever holds that um, light switch down so you don't accidentally hit it up or it comes on like like my daughter's here. She'll flip a switch and yeah. it just stays on all night. And before you know it, you'd be like, oh man, I didn't realize this was up for three days. <laughs> you know? So um, like little stuff like that. And then, um, yeah. but um, I didn't dive into it as like you did. Whereas you're probably um, like at the point where you can actually design the magnet, make it bigger, make it smaller. Um, the holding bracket for the magnet, not the magnet. Yeah. But um, I'm not into it that far yet because I really don't have a lot of time to dedicate to sit in front of a computer and play with the program as of yet. <laughs> but I'm going to get to it because I have a couple ideas that I want to get out of my head. Though. I tell you what, it is, there is such a learning curve. Like when I got into it, you know, I did the same thing too. I went to the website, found little things that I wanted to print. I mean, I still do that. I mean, I just printed a sponge holder lately for the sink. I needed one. You right. know? <laughs> but uh, yeah, like uh, I didn't know anything about like 3D design. I tried some uh, free programs and I'm a guy that can draw stick figures in Microsoft Paint, for example, right? Mm. I can make the smiley face, but then you throw me into Photoshop, man, I'm, I'm lost in the woods you know so uh, then here i am trying to do this 3d uh, you know 3d design which you know after it took for a while but now i feel like i can actually you know develop shapes um with a lot more forethought now mm -hmm. <laughs> and not spend hours trying to connect a circle and a square into one you know good looking piece kind right. of thing um, but it's it's definitely um something I think is going to be pretty cool. Like I can see us sit down the line now, getting to the point where a lot more people are going to have more 3D printers at home, more advanced materials to 3D print with. And we're going to be selling files. It's like, oh, you want a magazine patch? Uh, let me go ahead. Um, I'll sell you the file for 15 bucks or 20 bucks or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. And I can see eventually going uh, to that, maybe it could be 10 years from now, but I can see that possibly happening, especially in our sport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see a lot of that happening within life in general, also. Yeah. All right. So I want to ask you a, um, some questions, and I call this segment of it Quick Fire. Now, I don't have a fancy okay. intro yet because I'm still okay. thinking how I want to do this. All right. I don't think we got to this yesterday, I don't think, right? No, because we, we were so wrapped up in the conversation before I realized <laughs> yeah. that I was like, man, it was like our recording that we did. Oh, man. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so all right, so quick fire is nothing more okay. than um, when I say something, I'm giving you a comparison between two or three um, topics, whatever it may be. So let's say um, Pepsi, Coca-Cola, and Mountain Dew. You just say okay. whichever one, however you look at it. So if I say it, now you'll probably say something like, will it be lunchtime or will it be just at the office? However you perceive it to be is what, whatever your answer is driven for. Okay, I'll, I'll do my best. Let's see. Let's see. I'll make, I'll, let's see what we got. All right, so here we go. First one would be loyalty or respect. Ooh, respect. Okay. Respect, because simply enough, you know, when you have people people's respect, I think that loyalty can come along with respect um, right after. You know, you can't, uh, yeah, I think uh, respect first. Okay. Handgun or AR? Oh, handgun. I'm just, 
I think I just have more trigger time on a handgun. Got him, but handgun. Yep, handgun. It's gonna have to say that. Full size or compact? Full size. Tactical training or competition? You know, competition because that's my main interest, but you know what I definitely need is tactical training. I'll say that, though, because running out into the middle of the field to shoot a steel plate is not, not tactically savvy. <laughs> <laughs> but when it comes to, uh, to, uh, to my interest and my fun right now, um, I'm going to say com uh, com competition training right now. Okay. One in the chamber or nothing? In the chamber. One in the chamber. You got to be ready to rock and roll. All right. Um, USPSA, IDPA, or tactical games? Um, USPSA. I haven't tried any tactical games yet. Um, uh, I wonder if that will include like uh, like airsoft tactical games. You think or? Uh... Hey, however you perceive it. However you perceive. Oh yeah. It. Uh, honestly, uh, USPSA. I like to try some tactical games just to mm -hmm. see. It's like because I know I get an awesome adrenaline rush in USPSA. Right. Um, I probably get experience the same thing and you know have to change the way I think completely. So I love things that make me change change the way I think. But right now it's definitely USPSA for me. Okay. Iron sights okay. or red dot? Red dot. Ah, oh, dang. That's a. I can't believe I said that right away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, red dot. I've been you know shooting open and now carry optics. Okay. Uh, Honestly, I really haven't shot iron sights in months i don't think like one of my i don't think it's been a year <laughs> I don't know. maybe i may need to brush up on that make sure i can still do that <laughs> yeah well i had a conversation with somebody and i think um shooting a red dot makes it um better to come back to iron sights so i'm about to test that theory out and that's the main reason why i want to try carry optics to see if that is real do you think it's because, oh, <clears throat> excuse me, you've developed a good means of like uh, reaction time the moment you have your dot on your target that you can just go ahead and slap the trigger right when you feel, you feel like where uh, the dot really needs to be? I think when you shoot red dot, it um, opens up your spectrum view overall. Because, you know, when you do iron sights, um, I know for me, when I shoot iron sights, I focus on the target and then I transition my sight back to the front sight. Whereas yeah, it goes from that. clear and then it goes clear close and everything else is blurry. Whereas iron sight, I mean, shooting red dot, um, everything is just target focused. So I just got to keep my eye on the target. And then when it, the um, red dot comes into view, all I got to do is look for the dot to be on the target and just pull it. So I'm not like um, redoing the focus, you know, in my eye. So I think that might have a lot to do with it. But yeah, that makes sense. I, I have... Um, the variety of training I had with a red dot was only when I was in the military, um, when they started putting optics on the firearms. So, you know, you had your aim points and um, your trigicons with the red triangle in it. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the only extent of training I really had with red dots. But every now, now were, and then, were those I, on rifles or pistols? it was all on rifles. You know? oh, okay. and then, um, I dabbled with it on pistol for a little bit, but it was so new to me, I really wasn't open to it to actually capture the benefit of it when it first came into the spectrum of me playing around with it. Mm -hmm. So now I'm, I'm going to force myself to actually do it. And I'm going to order um, two red dots and put one on my Walther and then um, 
Taryn Butler is sending me um, a one uh, Combat Master Glock. So I'm going to put one on that one as well. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Can't wait to see the results of you trying that out. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious about it because actually I reached out to one of my buddies named Ken from Provectus Group. And mm-hmm. I specifically told him like, yo, man, um, I'm going to need some help with this and I'm going to come to you for this learning curve. So he was like, um, yeah, just let me know when, whenever you're ready and we'll make it happen. I was like, all right, cool. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah I'm excited to see how that how this is going to work out for you. Yeah, me too. <laughs> all right. Smith and Wesson or Glock? Glock. Right. Uh, just uh, aftermarket is easy. Uh, you can find Glocks anywhere. You can pick up, be ready to rock, you know. All right. Over the ear protection or in the ear protection? I'm in the ear protection now. I've stepped away from earmuffs and now I'm gone to just um, these real thick, heavy, thick um, foam plugs now. I've gone straight down to foams. Hmm. Okay. Open carry or conceal carry? Conceal. I don't want to have a target on my. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a target on myself. You know, I don't want. You know, may may uh, present a little factor. Uh, you know, factor of determinant there, but it's going to be. I'm going to have eyes on me. I don't want to have eyes on me. Stock sites or fiber optic sites? Oh, uh, which sites? Stock sites. Um, whatever firearm you determine, mm-hmm. stock sites or fiber optic sites. Fibers all the way. I like the attention. Um, the attention grabbing capabilities for my eyes that fiber optics have. Hmm. Okay. So now since you said fiber optic, let me ask you green, red, or yellow fiber optic. Ooh, red. I tried, uh, I tried green for a while. Um, just whenever sometimes it gets a little, um, too much soot into it. Mm-hmm. I get, um, at the very end there at the very front end of the, of the front side. Right. Uh, it it kind of hazes up, the end that I actually look at just enough to where it, I notice it. Uh, it's probably not enough for me to notice, you know, in the thick of things if I really need to, but like when I'm shooting a match, like throughout the course of the day, I can actually see the difference. Um, personally, maybe I just need to get better powder, <laughs> but, yeah. okay. uh, but I like the red. I like the way the red contrasts with a lot of the things for me. I can actually, I can pick out the red pretty easily. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm more accustomed to green. Um, mm-hmm. When I first started shooting, and especially when I switched over to fiber optics, I was all about red at first. But then when I try green, it's like I can pick up green better. Mm-hmm. I'm pick still up. trying to figure that out. But uh, yeah, just... when, I, when I try fiber optics, I'm surrounded by, you know, um, shooting in the mountains. And we had a lot of green in the background. So yeah, that, that's, yeah. That can, I can understand that. I can see that. Yeah. All right. Um, Kydex holster or leather holster? Kydex. Um, I've gotten, I've tried some leather things before and yeah, they're comfortable, but uh, they can get, things can stick inside them sometimes, but maybe I just get a better leather one, the Kydex, I'm a Kydex fan. Okay. Flashlight on the firearm or no light on the firearm? Ooh, um, I'm going to say on the firearm and I'm going to say that just because I desire to have flashlights on, on my firearms. I haven't shot anything with flashlight on it yet. But I try some uh, outlaw matches at night, some flashlight matches. And so I tried with, um, I'm going to use a, like a magazine. I tried holding it like this and having the gun over on top. I, tried, <laughs> I felt like I was in a police academy movie, you know? Right. <laughs> and, um, and I tried it. And man, I'll tell you what, 
you don't realize how bad you shoot it you shoot till you shoot at night with a flashlight never done it before i mean that was a yeah. extremely humbling experience i was like you know i don't think this will be a pretty bad idea i don't need to mount up anything and then here i am i'm like doing that and then <laughs> trying to manage the recoil and then, you yeah. know smoke uh, this i'm like gosh i'll yeah. tell you um a method that um i like to do um after the recording because it's a long conversation but i'll tell you okay 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 all right. All right. So SHOT Show, NRA, or USCCA conventions? I would like to go to a SHOT Show. Um, hmm. Any one of those yet, but I really like to go to a SHOT Show just because I want to see the advancement and of products. Um, I've talked to a bunch of people that have been there. Have you been to SHOT Show? Yeah, I've been to a couple of them. Um, I'm, I like SHOT Show, <laughs> but for what I do, um, I can make it benefit me by going out there and doing the whole um, influencer notion of everything. But personally, I like um, like the setup for NRA and USCCA. Oh yeah. Because of the people that actually follow you, you can actually interact with them more um, versus you, you can't do that at SHOT Show because SHOT Show doesn't open for everybody. You gotta be some form of a business to go to SHOT Show. And it's that's, not open to the public. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. That makes a whole lot of sense. So. Yeah. So that's the only reason why I like um, going to the USCCA and NRA because mm -hmm. of um, you can still interact with the business um, side of things, but you actually can interact with the people more that actually follow you and um, and they can actually give you more input. Like, hey, I want to see you do more of this or, hey, I've been following you. I like this. I don't like this. And you can gauge it better, you know. Yeah, that makes a whole lot more sense. Yeah. So, but, um, you know, at to me, um, SHOT Show is nothing more than a big party get together because you're looking at the business side of the gun industry yeah. and now everybody's under one umbrella and it's nothing more than a big party. Sure. Know? Yeah. And I don't drink and I don't go out to the clubs or anything like that. So when I go out there, everything is business oriented for me, whereas yeah. um, I got invited to a few of the parties. And I went to one party, <laughs> but it really wasn't a party. It was more like a networking environment. Yeah. And, um, but everybody else um, that goes out there, they go to certain spots, they drink and, you know, they do like the party atmosphere and that's not really me. Vegas, but, right? yeah. yeah. But you know, like when you do business, um, all business deals, great business deals are done on a golf course or in some form of a dinner environment, club environment. <laughs> Yeah. Like, you look at it because now you can actually see the person's true character you know so, but like i said i don't drink and i don't party like that so when i go to those events i'm literally um back in my room by nine or seven o'clock that's a wrap for me <laughs> see, that's the thing like years ago in my wilder times you know i actually said i don't want to go to vegas because i know myself i'll get myself in so much trouble out there right i'm back you know, broke. I'm going to have a suntan on myself that, you know, I don't know how I got. And, you know, <laughs> and, I'll, and I'll arrive back at the airport in the same clothing I arrived at three days later, you know. Right. <laughs> but now I feel like uh, I could probably do, the, you know, I'm a lot more, I've grown up since then, you know. And if I go to Vegas, I probably do like you, you know, probably go back to the, or take advantage of like a, like a magic show or something like that. I'd actually kind of, that'd be kind of a cool thing to do. Yeah. Uh, like, when I was a drill sergeant, um, not every weekend, but like, say like, 
um, every three to four months or whatever, when I have a long weekend, I'll take a flight out to Vegas. And um, I used to go out there and just look at the shows and then um, just hang out, just get away from South Carolina. Yeah. And then um, come back that Sunday, go back to work on Monday like nothing happened. Oh, <laughs> that's used, cool. Yeah, I used to do that all the time, you know. But um, so um, how can the good people look for your product, follow you, get in contact with you, and share ideas or whatever they want to do when it comes to DevTech? So one of the easiest ways to get uh, in touch with me now, man, like, I'm getting a lot of people hitting me up on Instagram now. You can look me up, DivTech up on Instagram. Um, you can email me at divtechindustries at gmail.com. You can just go to the divtechshop.com website, go to contact. I got email uh, there. You can reach out to me and Facebook. I'm very active on Facebook. Just look up Nathan Dively, and that's D-I-V-E-L-Y. And uh, you can just message me there or message divtechshop on Facebook. And I'll try to respond as quick as I can. I try to be as um, you know, interactive as possible, especially if someone leaves a comment or something like that. I'll try to hit like or hit a reply or something like that. Because I want people to know that I want to, um, you know, uh, provide something great for them. And I want them to know that I'm present also. I'm not just going to be, you know, just a website that just ships out things. I'm going to be out there looking at, looking for uh, things to improve upon too. Hey, so. That's it right there. So um, head on over to um, the DevTech Instagram page and Facebook page and then look up devtechshop.com and actually um, Nathan actually has a discount code for everyone that, yes. you know, you can save a little bit of extra money um, by going to his shop. So I'll let you go ahead and express what the yes, discount code is. Absolutely. So for your for the listeners here and also the viewers that may see this podcast, Go ahead and type in M-W Tactical in at checkout to get yourself 10% off your whole purchase. So if you buy 10 magnets, three, a couple things are going to happen. One, I'm going to jump and scream and be like, heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, this, uh, but in the same sense, you're going to get 10% off, um, uh, off your entire purchase. So remember that, M-W Tactical at checkout, save you 10% off at okay. Hey, that's it right there. So um, I do appreciate you doing that for the listening audience who I call the good people. And, Absolutely. My pleasure. And, yeah. Like I said, to let you know, um, people listen to the podcast all around the world. Um, so you got countries like Canada, Ireland, UK, Germany, Australia, Kuwait, Puerto Rico, Sweden, really? Philippines. It goes on. It's like about 30 something different countries. Man. Oh, man, my boo to my Filipino crowd out there. <laughs> hey, that's it right there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, I do want to thank you, Nathan, for coming on to the M-W Tactical Podcast. And like I said, during the first time we tried to record this, anytime you want to come on to the show, you are more than welcome. All you got to do is hit me up and then we'll make it happen. Or if anything, if, if yeah. I see something, I want to bring you on, I'll hit you up. And if we can work it out, we'll make it happen, man. Either well, way, I'll tell you what, I'm gonna ha I have some uh, cool, uh, cool ideas in the, um, you know, on deck right now. So I'd love to come get back with you and show it to you you know i'll show you the woodland pole uh just so you know right away <laughs> that's it right there i love it's it picking up. i'm serious oh, but uh honestly i'm i look forward to you know talking with you more and um you know you know answer any questions that any even if some of your uh, listeners may have 
you know, when it comes to the products that I will be making, maybe mm -hmm. um, would greatly love input. So if you have anything out there that you desire in, um, you know, in our sport um, that I could possibly find a way to create a solution for, hit me up. Um, if someone hasn't done it already, I'll be glad to see if I can um, contribute to that, uh, contribute to a solution of some sort. So if you have product um, improvement ideas, let me know. I'm always uh, looking to evolve. I have, I've had, this is, this is version six. So nice. yeah, it's uh, uh, really, uh, it's a really good spot right now. So if I can find a way to make a version seven, let me know. <laughs> hey, that'll work right there that's it right there so once again everybody please head on over to devtech.com um then go to facebook look up devtech instagram look up devtech and hit them up and order a magnet or two you'll be surprised like i said it could be a game changer for you but it can also make your life easier on the range as well so absolutely yeah so once again nathan i want to thank you for coming on to the m-w tactical podcast and for everybody else please Stay in your seats and hear our few words from our sponsors. Are you in the market to purchase your first or next firearm, but find the atmosphere of a gun store intimidating, crowded, or uninviting? There's a way for you to purchase the gun you want while avoiding the crowds, the gruff salesmen, and the marked up prices that come with a brick and mortar gun store. The process is called a transfer, where the purchase is made in an online store or is sent to a federally licensed middleman called an FFL, who processes the paperwork and background check for a firearm purchase. CAE Transfers is the FFL with the lowest transfer cost in the Midlands at only $20 or $15 with the presentation of a South Carolina concealed weapons permit and $10 for repeat customers. If you live in Columbia, South Carolina or its surrounding areas, choose CAE Transfers as your FFFL during checkout and let me help you complete your online gun purchase. You can find and follow CAE Transfers online at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram using at CAE Transfers. Thank you for your business and I look forward to seeing you soon. Hey, this is Brian Conley at Hunters HD Gold. If you've never tried Hunters HD Gold, then I challenge you to find me at a match next year. Go to the website under scheduled events, find out where I'm gonna be, come meet me in person and demo a pair for yourself. Find out why shooters across the United States are changing the Hunters HD Gold to get 43% more light to their eyes, better contrast, eyes that are not fatigued at the end of the day based on the, the colors that we use, and find out the real meaning of why they change so you don't have to. So check us out on our website, huntershdgold.com, and I look forward to seeing you at the range soon. JM4 Tactical has developed a state-of-the-art polymer holster that will quickly become your go-to holster. With high quality Hermit Oak leather, securely sewn to the interior of the molded outer Bolteron shell, your draw becomes silent and no more scratches up and down your firearm. When seconds count, you can rest assured that you will have the upper hand when you need it most. Whether you carry open or concealed, the Relic Holster is available in four different models fitting over hundreds of different style guns. The new reliable, easy, light, individual carry holster by JM4 Tactical. Order your relic today at jm4tactical.com.
I'm Jason Pratt, Masterclass USPSA shooter, owner of Brass Monkey Bullets. If you're interested in competition bullets, visit www.brassmonkeybulletsllc.com or call me at 423-967-1063. For more information, my email is brassmonkeybulletsllc at gmail.com. Thank you. Mental Health and Guns. At Walk the Talk America, we're working with both the mental health community and the gun industry. Created by a gun industry veteran, Walk the Talk America seeks to raise awareness and create change through suicide prevention and firearm safety without legislation. We strive to eliminate the prejudice that firearms and mental health face. For more information and to support Walk the Talk America, please visit walkthetalkamerica.org. Thank you for taking the time to hang out with us on the M-W Tactical Podcast. Remember, a new podcast comes out every Tuesday. If you can't wait for Tuesday, go listen to past episodes to catch up on what you missed. Make sure you visit www.m-wtactical.com and see what all is offered on the site where you can even purchase M-W Tactical apparel. But please... Go to our Facebook and Instagram page and follow us on our journey in the sport of competition shooting and the realm of the two-way community. Until next week, keep shooting, keep practicing, and have fun.